Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bearer of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. All right, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh, that's Vince Taglia via This is the Red Pill Projects. Daily Dose. We are live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Monday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, 8 p.m. on Tuesdays. As a reminder, that is subject to change. And on Thursday nights, we also do have our live Q&A with myself on Zoom, and you can access that over at the Social Red Pill. You do need a subscription, just telling you that. And this is the Daily Dose, where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy. This uh, global conspiracy that's unfolding, I've had two different messages today from people, well, comments on the social red pill today. One was, Josh, didn't you say this was going to happen? And then the other one was, Josh, didn't you say that this was going to happen? That's never happened before. Yeah, that's never happened. <laughs> I'm kind of used to it these days. Yeah. But what, what are we really talking about here? Well, the first thing that we're talking about here is kind of interesting. Because a lot of this has to do with the narrative that is being perpetuated. Now, I'm going to go into some things, and I'm going to kind of go all over the place. But the the first one I just wanted to bring up, because I think that this is a good reminder to people since it's still fresh in their minds. Today, the Epoch Times released this uh, statement. The Supreme Court issues a rare statement on Justice Sonia Sotomayor allegations. Apparently, Justice Sotomayor had pressured her staffers to buy her books over time, as well as have her staffers basically go out there and market her books to other people, uh, which is illegal. That's those are taxpayers, you know, who are paying for those staffers. Um, this could potentially lead to Justice Sotomayor stepping down. Now, didn't someone like I said this a year ago? before the midterms, but I just said it again a few days ago that Sotomayor might be that justice that steps down and Kamala Harris gets that appointment. Oh, yeah. Could be. And then today we find this interesting news about uh, Sotomayor. Interesting, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So we got to take these things into context. I mean, it doesn't mean that that's going to happen, but it's a good indication that, you know, there's something more going on with everything that is happening in the world today. Uh, then we also talked about Biden sending troops into Europe. That I said this when I was talking originally about the Firestorm event that as the Firestorm event comes closer and closer and closer, the United States will begin to spread its military out in various different theaters, leaving the United States vulnerable. What happened today? 3,000 reserve troops activated and are being sent to Europe. Now, we'll talk about that in a little while because that's incredibly important to understand why that is happening strategically from a military standpoint. But when we talk about the unfolding global conspiracy, what we're talking about really is communism coming to America. We are talking about the Great Reset versus the Great Awakening. We are talking about the usurping of the United States Constitution, the infiltration of the various different domains of our society, our social, our cultural, our institutional, our academic, our political, all of these things that bring about the base foundation that make America America. 
those things all working in unison together bring about our supply chain and our infrastructure. Those things hold our country together and allow us to take part in this global economic system, this global political system, of which eventually we will have, uh, from a breakdown of those lower parts, economic collapse and global war. And that's where we're, really what we're getting to today. When we start talking about the globalists, the elitists, and these various different types of, um, we'll just call them people for now. I mean, because it's a long discussion when we get into the occult and the secret societies and the bloodlines <laughs> or, you know, the, the, the Jesuits or the Kazarian Mafia. Let me just say this, is if you know who they are, that's not who they are. Like, does that make sense? If you yeah. if you can put a name on them, the Jesuits are all the blame, or it's the Kazari Mezuit, or the Kazari Mafia is the Jesuits, and they're the old Phoenicians, and they're the old high coast priests from ancient. Doesn't matter. Those are just titles of which they've carried throughout the years. Doesn't necessarily mean that's who they are. It's the Masons, I swear, right? Doesn't matter. That's not who they are. Who we see outside is not who they are. You don't know these people. You don't know their names. You've never heard of them. Maybe one or two of them have ever really kind of shown their face in the public as this manipulator. So just keeping that out there. And the reason I say that is because what is coming is going to put great risk upon the people that are making the actions. And these people would never risk their sovereignty. Keep that in mind. Because today we're, we're talking about the battle of sovereignty. Individualized sovereignty over collective sovereignty or this altruistic totalitarian society that is being developed around us. Because this is the ultimate goal, okay? This is what they want to usher in. But there's certain ways that they're going to usher this in. And first thing that they have to do is they have to get rid of those the primary countries that represent individual freedoms, individual sovereignty, a republic, a constitutional republic, like the United States of America. And the only way to facilitate that is you can't just wipe the United States off the map with nuclear warfare. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. It's not quite easy because you have mutually assured destruction. And that would occur if anybody launched a nuclear attack or a tactical nuclear using the United States, they would retaliate with nukes. But how you do it is slowly and systematically through infiltration of the various different domains of society. And what you're doing is you're destabilizing every single one of those domains within themselves. You're taking the black ants and the red ants, you're throwing them in the same jar where they live at peace, and then you are shaking it up. And that's what you do to these various different domains, and this produces the destabilization. At the same time, you are going out there and strategically breaking down the global supply chain, the supply chain that operates and feeds and houses and clothes and pays all these people down there, as well as the infrastructure that allows for that actual physical connection, as well as utility, energy, production, food production, these types of things that integrate into that foundational unit of those various domains. And as you begin to destructure this whole system, what it does is it destabilizes this governmental system that is in place. It allows that de the destabilized governmental system to basically go to a level of radicalism one way or the other, whether it's fascist or socialist. This time we have people in control of this, uh, this cabal, this deep state that are very, very radical lefty. But how radical lefty are they? Well, what they've done, and David and I talked about this the other day in Earth Chronicles, is throughout the century, what they've done is they've observed their various different revolutions that they've created, the various different wars that they've created. And they took out what was good and they threw out what was bad. They took in what worked and what didn't work. And at the end of the day, 
this is how we know their playbook. We understand how they produce these various different color revolutions, how they produce these different social revolutions and political revolutions and so forth. And their tactics are not changing. Their chat tactics are all the same. The key is, is to watch what they're doing specifically with the integration of their new protocols. And so how this works on the global governance side, what they're really trying to do is they're utilizing non-government organizations, think tanks, forums like the World Economic to go out there, integrate into this, this head of world government, basically this, this head of world debate, you know, as the United Nations that has various different programs and has taken on a lot of governmental authority throughout the world. And they go in there and they begin implementing policies and plans and agendas for the future. The most current one is Agenda 2030. Before that was Agenda 21, which came out approximately 1990 at the Kyoto Treaty in Japan talking about sustainable development goals. And this also brought about a restructuring of our food supply of how agriculture was going to operate in the 21st century. That was known as Codex Alimentarius. And this went in there and basically created a monopoly on all the various different types of heirloom seeds, removed them, and had the biopharma companies come in there with uh, glyphosate, insecticides, and various different other sprays, and producing these genetically modified seeds that could only be bought through these big agro companies and could only be uh, secured from pestilence and stuff like that by the big pharma companies therefore increasing their revenue, not only increasing the revenue there, but when they get people sick, increasing the revenue there. And this has been happening for a very, very long time. Now, the 2030 Sustainable Development Goals, mm -hmm. there's nothing scary about it. it. Actually, I mean, if we lived in a peaceful world with good people, with good intentions, I'd be like, hey, this, this sounds great, except for the green energy. The fact is, is that it's not great. These aren't good people. And what they're trying to bring about is a system of global tyranny. Let me explain. So we've heard the Great Reset. What, what oh, yeah. does the Great Reset really mean? It was an opportunity discussed in 2019 by Klaus Schwab, right? And what he's really talking about is the implementation of an agenda that he put out in 2014 within his book called The Fourth Industrial Revolution and how this advancement of technology in the Fourth Industrial Revolution would completely revolutionize society, how it would bring about new aspects of development. Now, I've said this on the show to many times before, that society increases proportionally to the level of energy that is available. Right? Okay, right. Makes so sense. how does population increase? Well, we had the Industrial Revolution. Energy became a norm. What happened? We had electricity. Well, how do you produce this electricity? Well, you need petrol fuel. So you need to increase oil production. Oil production comes out there and population blows up. Well, I'm not the only one saying this. This is, uh, this is an interview that I saw right now. And uh, I saw this on Twitter, and I'm like, wow, this guy's saying the same exact thing that I've been saying for a long time. Let's check this out. Is one and only one graph image that I have used, and I would guess 60 to 70 lectures in eight countries, and that's a graph of human population. And if one looks at that graph, what you see is human population roughly stable at around a billion people or so maybe a little bit more at around the time of christ and it stays pretty stable 
until we get to the bubonic, it starts to rise some as some primitive technology emerged, but then you get to the bubonic plague, there's a little dip. Then after the bubonic plague, you begin the start of what we would call the Renaissance uh, and the early stages of the Industrial Revolution, uh, the discovery of steam. The population starts to go like this. The introduction of coal, the population starts to go like this. But around 1900, around the turn of the 20th century, what you see as oil became ubiquitous was that the population went like this. And it goes up to six and a half billion people. We, we may be at seven billion people by the time anyone sees this, this interview. All of those people exist on this planet only because of oil. That's it. So it's axiomatic that if you take the oil away, the population must go away also. In all of science, in all of biology, there is no case where any population, be it bacteria in a petri dish or caribou in an arctic island, runs into a set of favorable circumstances and goes to that point without an immediate crash down. It's a law. It's a law as fundamental as gravity. It's a law as fundamental as thermodynamics. And if one thinks about it, it might also be viewed as true of the stock market or the financial markets, which go like this. And when they go like this, they automatically go like this. That's the history of every bubble. All right. Well, there you have it. What he's saying wow. is that population is directly proportional to the amount of energy availability of a civilization. And if you remember what I said, the green energy revolution that is being proposed right now could not provide a sufficient supply of electrical energy for the production of agriculture, transportation, um, heating, cooling costs, water purification for eight billion people, but it easily could for 500 million. This is kind of where we're getting into the context of the Great Reset. What Klaus Schwab is saying is as our energy changes and becomes more efficient and sustainable, our technology tends to progress with that. The various types of technology that we're discovering right now, artificial intelligence, um, new types of energy systems that are being massively suppressed, and that should be a massive red flag for you right there. And I think that this is one of the big pushes why the alien tech is being kind of brought out right now because it's going to provide a solution. If they can get this technology out, it provides a solution to the globalists instead of depopulation. Got to keep that in mind. I think that this wow. is a lifesaver that's, that's actually being brought out. Okay. That makes so, sense. It actually does. And I think that this yeah. is a patriot-led front that is actually bringing this out. So with Klaus Schwab and the Great Reset, he goes through various different factors that attribute to society, how society grows, and how society sustains itself. One of the biggest fears in the sense of the advancements of robotics and artificial intelligence and machine learning is the displacement and the amount of people in the workforce, specifically in first or primary nation countries. This would be the U.S. included because the majority of the labor force, manufacturing, warehousing, processing, any type of physical labor, um, servers, cashiers, um, stockers at shelves, all these types of jobs would basically bring the foundation of the jobs that we have in this country right now. Baristas, you know, Uber drivers, all of these jobs go away. And that is a reality of the situation. These jobs go away. And he's not wrong when he says this. 
Okay. And so then he says, is what are the solutions? What, what, what are we doing to prepare for this? Right. And, and the question is, is what are we doing? We're not doing anything. Society as a whole, countries as a whole, aren't doing anything to prepare for that. And I'm in agreement with him on that. Okay. But here's where the sinister aspect of this comes in. Yes, over the next two decades, jobs are going to be displaced. People are going to become unemployed. But people will thrive and survive. Why? Because look what's happening right now. Twitter just released its first monetization to influencers on Twitter. Some people are getting paid $100,000, $25,000, $5,000. But you have to be approved. You have to be a blue check mark. You have to have a certain amount of followers to get this type of stuff. So this brings an incentive for content creation. That's not a bad gig. I mean, literally, if you got paid uh, 25 grand every quarter, you could have a nice living, right? And yeah. so Twitter is providing a new model of monetization for the future of society as people become more and more engaged within the digital communities and go to these as their primary place for news information and content and entertainment. So we have the ideas set in mind of how this operates, right? And then if we look at like decentralized cryptocurrencies, this provides a whole different level of opportunity. I mean, you have everything from plain Digital games, gaming for mm-hmm. a living. Like right now, some of the highest paid influencers on social media are gamers. And they're making yeah. millions of dollars a month just playing games in front of a computer and laughing at people. Okay? So you have to re-envision what it is to do work. And this is my take on this. And this is not Klaus Schwab's take on it, Is that as technology progresses and advances to make the easement of life easier, to make the work to produce society uh, more sustainable and efficient, what happens is, is our craft, what we start doing as a skill set, moves more towards a passion, moves more towards what we want to do, what we wish to do, other than what we're supposed to do to just provide food for our family. The problem with the Great Reset and the Fourth Industrial Revolution is when the control mechanism comes Because not only does it expand the scope of technological progression in society, which makes society way more sustainable. And sustainable here is not what we're talking about in the sense of the globalist. But sustainable means that, listen, you know, the the food shows up in the grocery store. It shows up on time. It gets unpackaged. It's out there. It's fresh. It's healthy. It's good. Great. The system works. (laughs) Yeah, the system works. That's a sustainable system that's using energy at the the least amount of efficiency or the least amount of uh, efficiency, right? Well, I wanted to pull this article up. The least amount of energy. Yeah. Yeah, the least amount of energy. So I got to send this article to myself right now because that has everything to do with what we're talking about. (laughs) But um, so when we start looking at the Great Reset in this context – What they're trying to really do, though, is produce a system of control to not where this stuff is maintained and sustained, but in another sense, to where it is programmable to to whoever controls its wants, needs, and desires. And that's where the problem comes. Because the technology becomes a double-edged sword at this time. Yeah. Right? And so we've seen this radical push from these billionaires, these philanthropic organizations to invest in various different technologies. 
the three primary technologies are um, CRISPR-Cas9 technology. This is genetic modification technology. We have artificial intelligence and machine learning. And then what we have is, is kind of, well, I guess the way to put it is artificial food, right? It, it becomes artificial food. And you have to wonder why they're putting those three things together specifically. Now, I'm going to show you a, an article, and this is kind of shocking if you have not seen this stuff before. The USDA scientists create healthy menu with 91% of the calories coming from ultra-processed food. Gross. Scientists at the USDA Agricultural Research Services Grand Forks Human Nutrition Research Center led a study that demonstrates it is possible to build a healthy diet with 91% of the calories coming from ultra-processed foods as classified by the NOVA scale, while still following the recommendations from the 2020 to 2025 Dietary Guidelines of Americans. The study highlights the versatility of using DAJ, DGA recommendations in constructing healthy menus. In the study, scientists used the NOVA scale to determine which foods it classifies as ultra-processed. The NOVA scale first appeared in literature in 2009. The NOVA scale, foods can be classified in four groups depending on their degree of processing. Unprocessed or minimally processed foods, processed culinary ingredients, processed foods, and ultra-processed foods. So he said, we, we use the healthy eating index to assess the quality of the diet as it aligns with the DGA recommendations. The menu we developed scored 86 out of 100 points on the healthy eating index 2015, meeting most of the thresholds except the sodium content exceeded recommendations and whole grains. Uh, well, firstly, you shouldn't be using whole grains. <laughs> uh, that stuff was the first genetically modified substance out there known to man. Uh, the details of the study were published by Johnson, uh, by a whole bunch of different people, University of Minnesota, um, USDA, ARS. Uh, they don't. Uh, so, by the way, what they're talking about by ultra processed foods is they're adding in there processed sugars, processed carbohydrates. Now, if you know anything about long term usage of car processed carbohydrates, um, trans fats, these types of things, this is what ultra processed foods are. What they're telling you is that they are changing the system and manipulating the science to make it look and appear like ultra-processed foods are somehow going to be healthy. Well, why would they care about ultra-processed foods? Because ultra-processed foods are, in a sense, synthetic. And synthetic foods are now being introduced. Well, why would they need synthetic foods to be reintroduced into the world? Well, because those synthetic foods are not going to sustain a population with sustenance. But... It will sustain the lower levels of the population who are immunocompromised and the lower poverty, impoverished levels of society, right? But it also, on that extent, is when population is reduced to 500 million, this becomes their nest egg. Now, we watched that video that one day of uh, the Great Reset. It was the cartoon video where he got his food in the mail when he was in the quarantine camp. And he opens the box up and it's like cricket, Cheerios, and these types of things. Here's the thing. Is the moment the box arrived, what happened to his digital bank account? He was charged. He was charged for the food. And at the end of the month, after he was charged for his, his, his boarding, after he was charged for his food, after he was charged for all the expenses, there was nothing left over for him. And see, this is the society that is being created right now completely manipulated society that does not produce sustainability for human beings, but reduces the population drastically and then provides a slave race 
for the global elites to rule over, probably so they don't have to be so lonely within the world. Such a strange world. It is a strange world. This is. I, I want to be a farmer more and more as the days go on. Yeah. Well, you know, the next part they're going to do here, right, is this is building the infrastructure for what they call smart cities. 15-minute smart cities. I've talked about this a little bit. Let's watch this. We've all seen this video, but I want to just give you a little overview of what Saudi Arabia is doing. Saudi Arabia announced plans for its own futuristic city be called the line instead of communities sprawling outward from a central location they would be built vertically and arranged well in a line hence the name even though the vision for the city stretches 170 kilometers it would do away with cars entirely and instead be connected by high-speed rail that would travel the entire length in just 20 minutes and each individual community would be largely self-contained so that almost anything you could need, be it a school, a doctor, or a quick meal, would be only a five-minute walk away. The government says the line will run on 100% clean energy and make extensive use of sensors and AI to manage the city's services. And all of this is supposed to be nestled in the pristine natural landscape of the Tabuk province with minimal impact on the environment. Now the Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman has revealed grandiose renders of what the city will look like to match the grandiose plans. The line is envisioned as a giant glass and mirrored wall 170 kilometers long, 200 meters wide, and 500 meters tall. That's taller than the Empire State Building. It would have greenery stretching along the top, an open-air ventilation system to help maintain an ideal climate year-round, and it would house up to 9 million people. Now, the line is just one part of Saudi Arabia's controversial $500 billion neo-megacity project. For one, the so-called virgin land that the government is building Neom on is, unsurprisingly, not all that virgin. Okay, we can stop it there. So, what did you hear in just that basic description about this 20-minute yeah. city? Everything you need is right there. You don't have to go anywhere, just your own little bubble. Within. See, you won't, you can't own a car in that city. No, you don't need one. But there's a high-speed rail train. Well, what happened to those people in the Guangzhou province in China who, when the bank, their bank in another province was basically getting, you know, closing out and people were doing a run in the bank, they went to go get their money out. Remember this? Mm -hmm. And those people went to the train station because they don't own cars. And when they scanned their COVID ID, checked their vaccination status, it red flagged them and they were quarantined, even though they had never taken a COVID test. And it said that they were negative or they said that they were positive. And it took them two weeks to get out of this quarantine to find the mistake. And all those people lost their money. Why? Because all it is is a simple change in the system. You want to lock someone out of the public transportation system? Now you've got to walk the 200 miles yourself can't take 20 minutes 20 kilometers you can't you you can't uh, take 20 minutes well where do you think you're going to be living well you don't own the place someone else owns the place so you're going to rent the place so when you get home from work and you go to slide your global id to get in and they didn't like you that day because you spoke up in the town square and you were protesting the food rationing and water rationing that was going on you go to slide your card into your dormitory and it doesn't open and you say, well, what's going on here? And, and you go to your neighbor's house and they, they say, I don't want to talk to you. I, I can't talk to you. I can't be affiliated with you. 
And all the cameras are following you around and the bank shuts you out and everybody else shuts you out. You can't get on public transportation. Now you're left homeless. And what do they do? They take you and they throw you out because the rest of civilization has collapsed. See, this is what they want. They want a digital slave matrix. They want a complete control grid, a place where AI and cameras can integrate facial recognition software and identify you, whoever you are, wherever you are, through your voice, through your body heat identification, through your DNA, or through your, you know, from your heat patterns and or your facial structures to where you are at and where you're going and what type of data you're looking at and what are you watching on the internet. They want all of this information because if they have all that information, they can control your every move. If they can control your every move, they can control your actions. And if they can control your actions, now they control you, but not in the sense that we think. Now they control your production. Now, Vince, what's the, uh, what's the definition of communism? Man, I don't know. What's the textbook definition? The textbook definition of communism. A theory of social, of system of social organization based on the holding of all property in common, actual ownership being ascribed to a community as a whole or to the state. Socialism is where that labor is owned by the people. Communism is where all the property, everything is owned by the people, the community. It's altruistic. So, if the people all own all of this stuff, and they control the people, who really owns the stuff? Who's making the profits off of the digital money transacting every week for you to use public transportation, for you to go out and buy your, your Cheerio crickets, for you to go out there and, and have your dormitory in the smart city? They are making the profit. And guess what they still have? They still have their 747 jets. They still have their mansions on the beach, but that's too dangerous. You can't go out to nature because you're harmful. They're not going to give up their way of life, but instead what they're going to do is they're going to reduce yours. That is where we are headed, and this is why we are in this final battle right now for sovereignty, for digital sovereignty, for mental sovereignty, and for physical sovereignty. The bonds and the shackles are being implemented every day, each and every day here in the United States of America. More and more laws are being passed by Congress than ever before. And you know what happens every time they pass a law? Did, did you know this? Every time they pass what? a law, guess what happens, Vince? Uh, an angel loses its wings. A new, a new American becomes a criminal. Oh, yeah. Every law you pass, a new American becomes a criminal. Yeah. Not even just at that level, but even on a local level with all the regulations and everything is just a disaster in our country. Mm-hmm. So if every new law you pass, an American becomes a criminal then why are we passing so many laws? Why is it pertinent to pass all these laws? Well, because you've got to keep society safe, Vince. Well, no. it's so they could abuse it and throw the book at anybody they choose. Mm, that's right. But the Chinese system is a system that is, and that should scare everybody. The other part about it, though, is that the Chinese government, the Chinese Communist Party and the PLO, they don't have full control over their population, which is a good thing because it shows us that even if this did get implemented, we have a way to fight back. But this is one of the main reasons why all the countries in the world, at least in the Western nations, are seeking to depopulate their societies. 
they want to reduce all of their societies by a minimum of 85%. Now, what has to happen before that occurs is to bring in the Great Reset, and Klaus Schwab is talking about this, is that we have to be faced with various types of cataclysms. There's certain things that would happen. We've talked about this. I talked about the, the fire poverty crisis. Yeah, the poverty crisis, the jackpot from the peripheral. So with all of that, there's got to be a series of crises that come in there. COVID-19 was the first of these planned crises. The next one that we believe we're going to have is going to be a cyber attack. And I think that the cyber attack actually has already been set up and is in play right now. We could see it potentially very, very shortly. Now, what do I mean by that? I'm saying specifically that what's happening between Russia and the rest of the world is of grave concern to the globalists and their agenda, okay? Because you now have Americans who are out there saying that I support Vladimir Putin in Russia over the American leadership. That's not a good thing, especially from people who are Cold War veterans, right? So the way we have to look at this is that Vladimir Putin is making a statement to the globalists, and he's right. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say he's wrong. He's right. What he is doing, I believe Vladimir Putin is absolutely right what he's doing, okay? And I don't, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I don't like Vladimir Putin, but what he's doing is right. So we just had the NATO meeting with uh, with, uh, Ukraine and the U.S., right? Yeah. A few things came out before this and a few things came after this. Number one is the United States has decided to give Ukraine cluster bombs. As well as it was announced today that the United States, Joe Biden, will give Ukraine F-16s. If you go back to over a year ago when this war started, Russia was gravely concerned of the U.S.'s influence in Ukraine and the proxy war that was being waged by the Western alliances. Mm -hmm. Russia specifically said, we are drawing a line right here. You can provide them small arms ammunitions. You can provide them this stuff. But you will not provide them any of the things below this red line. If you do, that is an act of war. Nuclear war. Well, just war. So, But since that point in time, the Western Foreign Services, as well as NATO and so forth, have been trying to instigate Russia to make the first move against a NATO nation or against NATO as a whole or put the whole world at. And we saw this with the first shelling of the Zaporozhye nuclear power plant in early on in the war. And this is after Russia controlled the nuclear power plant. It made no sense that Russia was shelling it. It was Ukraine shelling it. The fake massacre that occurred in Maripol, which was nothing more than the Azov Battalion killing a whole bunch of, uh, of uh, native Slavic people who are Russian. They were heading to Russia, the exile out of that area, the Donbass region. We had the missile that fell in Poland and killed two people that was blamed on Russia. We had the bombing of the Nord Stream pipeline or the, the, yeah, the bombing of the Nord Stream pipeline that was blamed on Russia. We had the, the Kirshen Dam or the Kirshen Bridge. Then we had the dam explosion. We've had multiple different incidences which have been tried to been pinned on Russia. But the thing is, is Russia always seemed to be two steps ahead of Western intelligence. Then we had the failed coup attempt from um from Wagner, right? With foreign- Which could have been a psyop, like with how all that worked out. Well, like I, I think that, that was a psyop. Now. 
and he's right. back in well, Russia. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. That's the yeah. whole point. Is oh. the psyop was on Western intelligence services. Western yeah. intelligence services, the Mossad, MI, MI6, and the CIA supported, so. right? Supported a, a, a pollution, pollution, whatever it yeah. is, uh, through this to make sure that he would take out Putin. Because if Wagner had taken over Moscow, now Russia's a rogue nuclear nation, and then they can implement Article 5 through NATO to go in there and take out and take Russia over. This is what they wanted. That backfired. All of these things backfired. So this means now that they're only left with a few different options to go in and try to take out Russia because Russia is this one wild card, which is keeping the global kind of cabal at bay at the moment. One of the main things is that you have China. China has a deep state just like everybody else. Xi Jinping has done his best to kind of weed that out. Xi Jinping absolutely is 100% a globalist player. But see, when you sit at that high of level as a globalist player like China, and you have the United States under your wing as your, your henchman, what you have the ability to do is you have the ability to taunt the power of the globalist. You have the necessary resources that take the globalist out. And if you know that, if you move forward through the globalist agenda, they're eventually going to replace you, usurp you, and take over control of your people. And all the promises you've made since the 1990s go away. And nobody in China wants that. So China is playing this kind of default neutral place, positioning themselves behind Russia. But if Russia gets defeated... They'll step back and they'll go the globalist way. Why? Because they, either way, they're positioning themselves to become the top economy in the world, the top leader in the world. A new report and study just came out that by 2070, India will replace the United States as the second biggest economy in the world. Okay. Wow. So Russia is this wild card because if Russia fails, China falls to the globalist. If Russia succeeds, China remains a sovereign nation, rises still as the world's number one economy. Right. But they take the BRICS nations and they do a different perspective on how the global community is going to operate in the sense of global governance. Now, I still believe it's going to be tyrannical. It's going to be totalitarian and they're going to try to do that. But at least each state will retain its individual sovereignty because Russia is not a force to be reckoned with. And Russia is all about retaining their sovereignty. So if China's backing Russia, this must mean that China either knows that they're going to have to go to war with Russia at some point in the near future, not going to happen, or that they accept that, hey, look, if Russia comes out successful in all this, then, okay, we'll move that way with sovereign nation states going in there, similar to the United Nations, and forming a world governmental body with various different goals to where all these sovereign nations work towards those goals and will utilize the BRICS Economic Alliance as this facilitator to basically rebuild the world under this new idea of sustainable development goals. But it won't be under a global dictatorship. It won't be under a totalitarian dictatorship, but you'll still have countries like China who are in the lead, who dictate kind of what happens here in the United States of America. I don't want that. I know you don't want that. I don't want Russia to be in charge of the world. I want us to stay in charge of the world, well, at least in charge of our own domain of the world. So what you're about to see is the final battle begin to become unraveled. Joe Biden today authorized the activation of up to 3,000 reserve troops for Operation Atlantic Resolve, OAR, or including 550 individual ready reserves. Okay? Now, that's not a lot of people, but if you add into the 5,000 they already sent to Europe and the, uh, the 50,000 they sent there last year, 
you start to realize that we're amassing troops within Europe. Well, why are we amassing troops in Europe? Well, number one is they want to instigate Russia. They want, yeah. they know that by building up military power within the border areas of Russia, Poland. that that is going to piss them off. Poland and now Sweden, because Sweden's becoming a NATO nation, right? So yeah. what's the United States going to do? They're going to move some missile shields into Sweden, into Poland. That's going to piss off Russia. Russia already said in 2015 that that is a red line that you do not cross. Russia said F-16s and cluster bombs. Those are red lines you do not cross. They said tanks yeah. are red lines you don't cross. Well, yeah. The reason I said nuclear when you mentioned that is because F-16s are capable of carrying nuclear payloads. And I think Russia recognizes that. Yep. Well, and also, what happened when the United States sent their tanks to uh, to Ukraine? Yeah, they destroyed all supplies. Yeah. Putin absolutely demolished them. Demolished them. And so what's going to happen here? Do you think that Putin's going to react against the West? No. He's going to sit back. He's going to wait till Ukraine gets into the F-16s. He's going to wait till Ukraine gets the cluster bombs. And then he's going to blow the shit out of their munitions. He's going to blow the shit out of the airports. Because that's what they do. They wait till all these armaments come in. They let the Ukrainians sell what they want to on the black market to make their top-end price. And then they blow the shit out of them. That's exactly what's going to happen here. And the, and the West is going to lose even more within this proxy war. Because they cannot, they cannot win this unless they get involved. Unless they are kinetically involved in this war, they will not win this. And, and Major Jeffrey Prasher th- said this the other day. America has forgotten how to fight a real war against a real formidable enemy. So, with 3,000 troops moving in, this could be dual factored. As in, there's going to be some type of incident that takes pl- place, Black Swan false flag event, which is going to instigate immediate NATO Article 5 engagement with Russia through NATO. This is why one reason they potentially could be amassing troops in Europe. With that type of event happening, my thoughts on it, most likely the assassination of Zelensky. We now have Wagner in Belarus, which is less than, what, 100 kilometers north of Kiev, so the potential taking out of Kiev, the siege of Kiev, quote me on that, the siege of Kiev, it's coming, okay? I hope I'm not right on this. The siege of Kiev. Makes sense. The siege of Kiev, and Zelensky is killed, okay? I mean, they propped this guy up as, as I mean, they gave him a Grammy, didn't they? they or uh, an Academy Something. Award or whatever? Like, yeah. Yeah. Zelensky will be taken out, and they'll say that that's the top end of the government by Wagner, Putin's private military. Boom, we got and that's Article NATO Article Five. Even though they weren't a NATO nation, that is against the uh, the UN treaties or whatever, and that'll give them credence to go in. That's a possibility. Another one is the Black Swan event of the blowing up of Zaporozhye nuclear power plant. Of which, if they blew up the Zanapanohoshia nuclear power plant, and the, the atomic regulators have already came out and said this, is if they blew up the outside of it, nothing's going to happen. If they blew up the reactor, it would be bad, but it's not going to be that bad. Like, it's not going to be that bad. But they would make it that bad. They would make it this cataclysmic crisis of which they have to engage Russia. You could see potentially a tactical nuke being utilized in Kiev. you got to remember, BlackRock just got all the contracts to rebuild Ukraine. If they're going to get all the contracts to rebuild Ukraine, you got to demolish that shit before you can rebuild it. 
hmm, well, how do you how do you move all these cities out of the way to rebuild them up with the next industrial, the fourth industrial revolution, with the smart cities? Well, Vince, the industrial revolution happened, and it happened relatively slow. But when we got to the point where cities were ready, ready to be wired with efficient electricity, with new sewer systems and transportation and subway systems, what happened? What happened at the transition away from buggy, horse, and carriage into the automobile and the subway train? They were everywhere at once. But what, what, what time frame was this? 1900s. What happened in the early 1900s? War. What happened to all of Europe during World War One? <laughs> it was flattened, destroyed. It was rubble. fucking flattened. It was rubble. What happened during World War Two? Rubble. Flattened. Even rubble. Even the Civil War in the U.S. That's right. Weird images, flattened rubble from cannons. So weird. I don't believe it. I don't trust history. But yeah, everything well, is demolished. What you're seeing were other great resets during technological progression and revolution. How do you demolish that without a labor force? Use the military. Bombs. It's the easiest way. You lose some civilians in the meantime? Eh, oh well. That's how these globalists think. So, if we have Ukraine, and BlackRock is getting all these contracts to go in there and rebuild and provide sustainable development goals and rebuild smart cities in there, because this is their testbed for it. How do you flatten it? Tactical yeah. nukes. Cluster bombs. The U.S. has given them cluster bombs. Russia came out and said, we will use the same force against Ukraine. Cluster bombs. Cluster bombs will flatten Kiev. So then how do you do it in the United States? Civil war. Burn the cities down. What about what do all the rioters do? Burn the cities down. You burn the cities down. Now you got to get all the people out of there. Now you just flatten them. Very easy. Civil War, black swan events, uh, EMPs. You have a, a, a grid failure, cyber attacks. Takes the grid down for three months. You know what happened if the grid was down for three months in an inner city? Oh, gosh. Most the people would die. Yeah, most people would die, and the city would be start to become overgrown with vegetation. And all the old systems would cease to work. Which means that to restart civilization, you would have to demolish and flatten all that out, get rid of all that old infrastructure, and then put new infrastructure. So this is why I say it's inevitable. It's not a matter of if, it's only a matter of when. And it is coming, it is happening right now. And I guarantee you, they want this black swan event, they want this type of event to occur, to happen before 2024, because they cannot afford the challenges of the people standing up against their power. So what can we expect? Global economic collapse? I think so. But I think that the global economic collapse is going to be a be it's going to be it's going to come from the catalyst of the black swan event. Whatever this black swan event is, is going to produce the global economic collapse. The global economic collapse is not going to produce the catalyst, not the other way around, right? Yeah, I think it's going to be a sense? major. It's going to be a major offensive. It's going to be a major attack either by Russia or by the 
other other countries. Well, I think I think that it's going to be a kind of uh, a global cyber attack, right? Mm-hmm. Um, on energy grids, they're going to get taken out and become basically obsolete, and then it'll be blamed on whoever that enemy they want Russia. to be. Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, probably Iran. The, re- the reason I say Iran, yeah, it's joking, is Good because time. Iran is one of Russia's greatest allies. And so if Iran is said to have done this, and now they start bombing the shit out of Iran, Ooh. Russia will immediately get involved because they have those military treaties with Iran for military and security protection. That's interesting. And that's another way to draw Russia in. And now Russia's fighting a dual-fronted war in Ukraine with U.S. proxy and now against NATO in the Middle East and Israel. So I don't know. And I don't mean to be doom and gloom people. I mean, listen, we, we have to go through the darkness before we can get to the light. And this is just the reality of the situation. And I know a lot of people are out there like, well, you know, Trump's still in charge. No, 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 no. Trump will even tell you this is some some dangerous shit that we're in right now. OK. And that I do believe that this all had to happen this way. I, I do believe that this had to be this way. This all had to happen this way. You can't tell the people you have to show them and nothing can stop what's coming is that there is a reset coming, that we are going to have new infrastructures of cities, that there is going to be this population reduction. This is You cannot stop this from happening. But the question becomes, is what system of power do we come out of it with? Do people retain their individualized liberties, sovereignty, and freedom? Or is it some type of global, to- tyrannical, oppressive, totalitarian, oligarchical controlled shit show? And, and I said, yeah, the world's going to depopulate people. And you know what? There's nothing you can do to stop that. You want to know why? Because they already put the clot shot in their fucking arms. And you know what? I For the people listening who had to get the shot, I hope and pray. I hope and pray for you that you got the placebo, that you've had no reactions, no adverse reactions, that you're in good health, and that whatever it is isn't affecting you. And that you live a long, healthy life, and so do your so does your family and your children. Okay? I really do. Um, but we are seeing in percentage, I think it's about 16% of the vaccinated people is, is what we're looking at. 16% is around that. Is that that's not the case. Literally not the case. And more and more people I talk to who are double jabbed and triple jabbed, the worse it gets. And so that's already happened. These people are immunocompromised. If they can sustain their immune system, doctor, oh, I wanted to put this out there. I hadn't really talked about this. Um, but this just came to me from American Media Periscope. And mm-hmm. I, I wanted to uh, talk about this. Um, um Natokinase, a Japanese discovery, uh, bromelain derived from the stem of pineapples. These natural supplements can actually dissolve the spike proteins in the body, according to the experiences of Dr. McCullough um, has had in his clinic. Curcumin and turmeric seem to block the spike protein. He hasn't found anything else. And so Peter McCullough has published this today. And uh, maybe I should share this because this is really important information. 
Uh, so Dr. McCullough's update on SARS-CoV-2 origin, safety, uh, vaccine safety, and treatment of remaining Omicron cases. Um, I don't know if he goes into that specifically. It's a very long interview. I'll share that for people. Uh, but what I got from this is that the experiments are done in vitro, um, which means that it's not in the human body, but outside. In vitro is, no, it's in the, in vitro means in the body. Um, but basically what they're seeing in various human trials is that this is reducing the amount of spike proteins in the body. And guys, nature will always provide a cure. Oh, another thing that I saw today. Yeah. Is that Dr. Peter McCullough came out and said that um, the science is being developed right now. And I think I got this on my Twitter. Hold on, let me, let me see if I can find this on my Twitter. That the science being developed right now is... Um, Oh, it's got to be here. Come on. I know. There it is. Uh, well, that's not it. This, there's potential signs being done right now to bring about the genetic alteration, to get rid of the genetic alteration. Because if you can go in there and you can change the DNA that produce spike proteins, guess what? You can also go in there and stop the DNA from producing spike proteins. And I can't believe that that hadn't been thought of before. Is using CRISPR-Cas9 to do the exact opposite of what the mRNA vaccine did. So that is uh, something there. I, wow. I wanted to... Go ahead, Vince. I said, wow, that's, that's amazing. Yep. Cool. I wanted to touch on this because this was actually pretty profound. If you guys don't know who uh, Dr. David Sinclair is, he's a professor at Harvard Medical School. Um, he has been doing massive research on expanding human life. Um, he is the one that did the experimentation quite a few years back on the mice and extended their life three times the, the elderly age of an elderly mouse, which means that if that was a human being and the average age was 70 years, you would live to 210 years old. Okay. And they yeah. found out basically that your telomeres degrade over time. And this is what produces aging. That aging is actually a disease. It's not a function of DNA specifically. Well, what he's just came out and found is that they previously shown age reversal is possible using gene therapy to turn on embryonic cells. Now we've shown it's possible with chemical cocktails, a step towards an affordable whole body rejuvenation. Okay. He goes into this. For over three years, the team at Harvard Med has worked long hours searching for molecules that in combination reverse cellular aging and rejuvenate uh, senescent human cells. C1 through 6 are the cocktails below versus the average. To start, they uh, the team developed high-throughput cell-based arrays to distinguish young cells from old cells and sentient cells, including transcription-based aging clocks and real-time nucleoplasmatics. The team identified six chemical cocktails and now more to restore NCC and genome-wide transcript profiles to youthful states and reverse transcriptomatic age in less than a week. The team's findings build upon the discovery that genes called Yamanaka factors can convert adult cells into induced pluripotent stem cells. This Nobel Prize learning discovery raised the question of whether it might be possible to reverse cellular aging without cause. We recognize that the pioneering work of Alex Acampo and Juan Belmonte in 2006 show that switching Yamanaka factors on for short bursts made short-lived mice live healthier and longer lives. These are the mice that live three times longer. The lab collaborators have demonstrated that it is indeed possible to reverse cellular aging and restore youthful functions to tissues in vivo um, without control, uncontrolled cell growth 
by virally inducing by virally inducing a subset Yamanaka genes into the cells. Studies of the optic nerve, brain tissue, kidney, and muscles have shown promising results with improved vision and extended lifespan in mice. And recently, in April of this year, improved vision in monkeys. Preparations for human clinical trials of our first age reversal gene therapies are ongoing, and they started. Uh, they're going to be starting here soon. There's a race between many groups to show chemicals can rejuvenate cells like gene therapy can. I acknowledge these dedicated groups work too, and they look forward to even more exciting advancements. So what does that mean? People are going to live a lot longer in the future. You remember the episodes where I said that if you're alive in the next uh, in the next decade, that you're going to be alive for the next five decades. And if you're alive in the next five decades, you'll probably be alive for the next century. So basically, if you're alive right now and you're going to be alive in 10 years, okay? So in 10 years, I'll be 50. That it'll be almost guaranteed unless an accident happens that I'll live another 50 years to 100. And that if I'm alive that next 50 years, it's guaranteed that I'll probably live to 200. Okay? What they're doing right here is exactly that. This is going to be basically biological immortality is what they're trying to produce. Now, let me ask you this. With a population of 8 billion, with the consumption rates of the population of energy, food, and water, do you think that that technology could be put on the market and given to the average human being? Because you can't have everybody living the 200 years of age. How are they going to take care of themselves? I think we could have a lot more people than we have. I honestly do. To what extent, I'm not sure. But I, I don't I think it's going to happen. I agree. But what we need to do if we wanted to do something like that is actually develop regenerative agriculture and sustainable goals based upon regenerative agriculture in the sense of localized communities that basically produce for themselves and excess goes out into trade. That's what we really need to do. Now, what they're trying to do, though, is this technology is coming out right now, not because it's for you and me, but because it's for these elites. Have you ever watched Altered Carbon? Uh, a long time ago, I started it, but didn't get into it. Yeah. Have you ever watched any of these dystopic sure. shows? Oh, what yeah. happens? The elites are the ones that live forever. Yep. The It'll elites be for rich live people. forever. What was, uh, what was the one um, Matt Damon movie? Elysium. They had med beds. They lived forever. They lived on a place around the earth because the earth was barren and desolate. And hey, guys, don't worry. Your government, they love you. They love you so much that the Secret Service has come out with a conclusion on the investigation of the cocaine found at the White House last weekend. And the conclusion is, we don't know who did it. No idea. The investigation. All the cameras, all everything that happened, the fingerprints, up, oh, no fingerprints. You know, whoever's blown that line of cocaine, they just didn't put their finger on that plastic baggie, must have worn gloves, must have been a contractor, or it must have been someone who came into the White House on a tourist group because we don't have any video of them leaving their cocaine there. You believe that? You're a fucking Damn. idiot. Oh. Wow. Wow is right indeed. Uh, China is flexing its muscles on the supply chain, uh, restricting mineral exports for vital semiconductors and EV battery production. Hmm. Didn't we say that 
as war nears and gets to this point of possible progression, that China will pull back its international, uh, it basically what it provides for the international community, which is rare earth minerals and lithium ion batteries. But, you know, the Joe Biden administration is well ahead of them on that one. You know what the Joe Biden administration did, right? What? Well, this would have been executive order for the implementation of the CHIPS Act in 2022. Okay. Right. The CHIPS Act basically. So I don't know. You knew this a few weeks ago. Joe Biden initiated the National Defense, uh, the not the National Defense Authorization Act. He initiated the, the Defense Production Act, the DPA. I know Do you know this? No. He signed an executive order authorizing the Defense Production Act. Same the Defense Production Act, by the way. This is for the the people that go very radical on the sense that Trump is still president because he he formed the the Defense Production Act and he took over the Treasury. You remember this? Like he did. He took over a various portion of funding at the Treasury, which had rule over the Federal Reserve, of which Trump had basically direct access to that money and could pull it out at any time without any collaboration from the Federal Reserve. We explained this on the show many times, but people believe, no, no, Trump took over the Federal Reserve and brought it back. And no, no, that's not what happened. Because Joe Biden just initiated the Defense Production Act, which gives him that same authority. And now Joe Biden is in control of the Treasury and the, yeah. But basically, what he has done is the Defense Production Act to go out there and have American companies start producing, mining for rare earth minerals because it is now a crisis in this country. And so they're going to start mining within the United States as well as the production of lithium-ion batteries. Why? Because of what China's doing. Because they're prepping for freaking war, people. The only time that you begin pulling back your resources from the global community is when you are preparing for war. There was something, there was a story the other day of multiple countries. Are, oh, the gold. Yeah. They're all pulling their gold out of the London Metal Exchange. They're all pulling their gold out of the Perth Mint. And they're bringing it back into their countries. Why? It, there's, a great, there's a great song about this. I'm going to have to play this song now. I'm, there's a great song about this, okay? Oh, that's not where I want to go. There we go. Let's see if I can find this song real quick. Give us a little. I love this song too. This is a good song. Does anybody know what song I'm gonna play? No idea. No idea. Mm-mm. Come on, you guys gotta know what song I'm gonna play. Come on. Let's listen to it real quick. You ready? Okay, that's all I'm playing. About. <laughs> Here's your fucking sign. The sign says they're taking all their gold back into their countries. China's holding all of its natural resources away from the international community. The United States brought about the Defense Production Act to start a critical emergency of producing rare earth minerals in their own country and ED batteries in their own country. Why? Why are troops moving to Europe? Why? There's only one reason all of these things happen sequentially, people. Why are they coming out and saying that the economy, oh, inflation's down, the economy's doing great? Distractions from the truth, people. Distractions from the truth. There is, I would say that there's a false flag inbound. It's not a false flag. 
it's a fucking black swan. Because one, one small tip of this house of cards and it all comes tumbling down. And th- we are hot on their trail. There's more information coming out than ever. These people are going to get persecuted if they allow this to go on. If they allow the House of Representatives to continue doing what they're doing, more information is going to come up. More treason is going to be had. Conversion of liberals and Democrats is happening every day. They cannot allow this. What does also, what does also resetting the playing field do? It gives them back control of the It gives them the ability to take back control of the internet, to take back control information, to shut down Twitter, to shut down Rumble, to shut down the platforms that we utilize because they're so dangerous to them. To where, when all of this comes back up, what, what, what do they say during a national emergency, right? Turn the radio on and wait for instructions. Wait for instructions. And when you get to those instructions, is please stay updated with your local news, NBC, ABC, CBS. They will keep you updated on what is happening. Those are going to be the only ones available to keep you updated. And guess what's going to be coming out of that? Propaganda echo chamber. Lies. Deception. Yep. All right. What do we got here? Let's uh, let's just pause for a second. I want to give a good shout out to everybody out there who's donating uh, to the Battle of the Streams here at the Red Pill Project, helping keep us alive. Uh, Bayonet just donated one lemon. Thank you so much, Bayonet. Shannon thirteen thirteen five lemons. Barbers lines matter. Donated one diamond. Wow, that's deep. Thank you so much, Nate, Shannon, and Bayonet. Uh, we have Patreon Pisces donated one diamond. A Wiz Tech G donated two lemons. Bayonet one ice cream. Thank you so much, Patreon Pisces. Wiz Tech G and Bayonet. Uh, Marilou donated three lemons. Grandma Five Revolt, three lemons. Thank you so much, Marilou and Grandma Five Revolt. Colmar underscore 2000 supporter on Rumble, $2. XRP as a digital token is not in um, and of itself a contract, transaction, or scheme that embodies the Howie requirements for the investment contract. Yes, Colmar, I will talk about that here in a few minutes of XRP of what happened today with that. Appreciate that too. Grismo7 donated three lemons. Thank you so much, Grismo7. Sylvester underscore PR just followed on DLive. Thank you so much, Sylvester PR. Uh, don't forget to go on over to socialredpill.com. That's where the whole Red Pill fam is. If you say hi on, on DLive, they'll all tell you and get you over there. If you want to be a part of that family, a whole bunch of cool people over there hanging out, chatting, doing Zooms and that type of stuff. And then head on over to redpills.tv and keep up to date with everything we do here. Uh, PQuest gifted a cookie. Thank you so much, PQuest. Vader369 gifted the shades. Thank you so much, Vader369. Still Bad 2 donated 100 gold pills. Another good show. I hate that we won't hear from Josh till Monday. Oh, well. Uh, thank you so much, Still Bad 2. But actually, you'll hear from me tomorrow on Conversation on the Fringe, just not in the political environment. But thanks so much, Still Bad. Cat24 donated one lemon. Enchanting Shannon1313, one ice cream. Love the beach, two ice cream. Thank you so much, Cat, Shannon, and Love the Beach. And guys, you can support us in many different ways. Uh, you know, giving us a follow where you're at, a like, a share, a comment. Those are the best ways to support us. Clipping these videos and getting segments out there and posting that on your social media is a great way to support us. Uh, going and just subscribing with an email address to our main site, redpills.tv. That's a great way. Joining the social red pill for free and just posting on there. That's great as well. Collaborating with people. If you wanted a subscription, that definitely does help support us. And that gets you into the Zooms and the after chats. They're every night. I usually jump in there and tonight will be at the Q&A. Tomorrow's Fringe After Dark. I'll be in both of those. Um, as well as on our website, there's ways that you can go out there and check out our affiliates. Uh, 
I brought this up earlier, and I wanted to bring this up again. I actually brought it up on Telegram. Mm-hmm. Um, um, bring this up real quick because Mike Lindell um, auctioned off a lot of equipment this last week. And so Michael Lindell's auction of MyPillow equipment is not going to plan. I haven't heard his take on this, but in interviews with him on Comet, he said that they've lost $100 million of revenue over the last year because of the cancel culture. Wow. And that um, you notice, I think some of the prices might have went up on some things, but uh, they were auctioning off a whole bunch of equipment. And so if you guys do go to MyPillow.com, you guys do go to MyPillow.com and help support Mike. Mike Lindell and everything they do there. Minnesota jobs are at risk here. Uh, they're having a three to one sale right now. TV specials. All you do is you go up here and you type in RPP and you hit apply. Okay. And that will give, that'll help support everything that we do. And it's not very much, but that's okay. But it'll help support everything that we do and help support Mike Lindell and get some attention on over there to uh, my pillow and help them keep their jobs and, and keep their equipment and, and grow as a company. Um, and then if you can find that also on redpills.tv where it's linked up, as well as if you're looking to prepare with gold and silver, which I highly recommend, uh, because crypto isn't the only one that is going to be turning the wheels and headed towards the moon. Also, gold and silver is going to be doing this as well, because as they transition to the new financial systems, they have to collapse the old system. And as you collapse the old system, everything has to tumble down. Fiat currencies are meant to fail. The one that we currently have as the global reserve currency has already failed. They're just sustaining it long enough until they get this black swan event in there. But when it does fail, gold and silver will absolutely skyrocket because their value is directly in proportional to the value of the dollar. What that means is inflation goes up as the value purchasing power of the dollar goes down. The price of gold and silver goes up. Think about inflation as a tax, but really the real purchasing um, value of, a, of gold, of an ounce of gold, is $20 of real dollar value. And so we're at, what, $2,000 an ounce. So that should tell you how debased our currency actually is. It's at the point of failure, and so are so many others globally. So what you're going to see is as that begins to crash, as the economy crashes, collapses, the dollar most likely collapses with it as well. And that means that gold and silver will skyrocket. So you want to go to getgoldtoday.com, getgoldtoday.com. Dr. Kirk Elliott, you can give them a call. You can send them an email. You can fill out the form. Let them know Josh Red Pill Project is the one that sent you. If they don't respond immediately, call them back. Be progressive. Email them again. Hey, I emailed you. Get a hold of me, right? Call them. If, if they're just, if they're, you keep on missing each other with voicemails, email them, email me. I will help you get a hold of them. But if you got a 401k, a 403b that you want to get in the gold and silver, if you have an IRA that you want to transfer in the gold and silver, you want to start an IRA, or if you have extra gold uh, cash and you want to get in the gold and silver, definitely do that. Now, someone was just mentioning XRP. The XRP lawsuit was just ruled on by a judge today and ruled that XRP was had no fault and the SEC had no judgment against them, which means that XRP skyrocketed in value almost 85% today. Um, and a lot of the people within the Nasara Jasara community are like, oh, my God, it's happening. And it's not really happening uh, because XRP is not going to be that facilitator of global payments through the new SWIFT system or for what they're calling the unified ledger. It's not going to be XRP, not even XRPL. 
XRP consulted for the globalist corporations, the World Economic Forum, the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank. They consulted for them. And they consulted for them to help them develop a platform that was cryptologically efficient and secure as the XRP ledger. Although the XRP ledger becomes an integratory factor into that larger system and has been adopted by some banks and businesses around the world, it doesn't mean that XRP will be the facilitator of global payments. I hope I explained that. Okay. Right? Yeah, you did. You did. But, but crypto is taken off, people. And I do a crypto mastermind every Sunday. I've been very uh, um, bearish and uh, we, we we set basically every Sunday we set kind of like uh, um, little lines. We say, hey, look, if it goes above this point, we're in the bull market. If it goes below this point, we're going to drop down to this price, right? And we, we, we are at that point where we just broke above that red line, so we're back at this bull market. And uh, this is just the beginning. If you think that like Bitcoin's high right now, just give it a few weeks. That it's going to probably decrease in price just a little bit. It'll come down because people are going to sell off on the margin. But you're about to see crypto probably explode over the next few months and move back to all-time high positions. And it's going to happen relatively fast, by the way. So if you are in crypto, I recommend getting in crypto. All right. I, I did not watch this video yet. Mike Flynn, General Mike Flynn posted this. Let's check it out. Is this a man that Americans can trust? I looked the man in the eye. I found it to be very straightforward and trustworthy. Uh, we had a very good dialogue. I was able to um, get a sense of his soul. I wouldn't have invited him to my ranch if I didn't trust him. Well, here's Biden 20 years ago praising Vladimir Putin for moving toward democracy. I'm close to amazed by how far Putin seems to have come in making, throwing his lot with the West. I don't think anybody since Peter the Great has made such a significant, at least initial move to the West. Trouver un homme très au fait de ses dossiers, très calme, très intelligent. Mr. Putin has got, he got all, he's very smart. But you know him better than most people. Yeah, I do. We had a really good, blunt relationship. Putin ever reneged. Okay. So Mike Flynn asks, what changed? What changed? Putin isn't in line with the global agenda. That's what changed. He played them like a fiddle. He built his country back up. And then... They turned on him. Unbelievable. I think Putin's going to come victorious in a lot of this. I don't know if we're if if we go to a kinetic war. I don't know how this is going to turn out for America. But one thing's for certain that, in the sense of a kinetic war, um, that Europe's going to be demolished. And I'm sorry to say that. Ugh. You want to meet your new police officers that are going to be patrolling your streets? Oh, Lord. No. Here it is. Oh,
dog. Got to remember, spray paint, paintball <laughs> guns. <laughs> Their battery only lasts 12 hours. Their battery only lasts 12 hours. <laughs> oh, God. Um, there's different types of news today. Not too much in the sense of uh, uh, kind of what we're talking about here of retaining our sovereignty. But I'll tell you, I do believe that we are headed back to freedom, that we are headed back to sovereignty, that we just have to get past all this shit first, that we have to go through these growth pains, all right? That there are good people in the world doing good things, and I do believe that there are positions being made, and, and hopefully no deals being made, but positions being taken, and that we are watching the War of the Roses unfold. And that there are people on, on both sides of this table of the global elites who are at war with each other. And we're watching basically the, the, the various different movements of that war. Okay. And eventually those people are going to publicly begin to take sides. And they've already started. Elon Musk, Donald Trump, they've already taken sides. Okay. And others will begin to take sides as well. Um, but this is going to get a lot worse before it gets better. So what I ask of you is just go out there, take care of your families, prepare the best you can. Buy Patriot Supply if you need to, redpills.tv slash patriot. Um, if not, go to your grocery store, get the non-perishables, get the uh, the canned goods, and get prepared because something is definitely happening. Something is definitely coming, and we need to be ready for everything. And I'd rather, much rather be ready for everything than not prepared when something happens. So. Uh, guys, tomorrow night we got conversations on the fringe. I haven't heard back from my guest, but I did hear back from Dr. Shiva today. And so we're going to, me and Dr. Shiva are going to uh, uh, schedule a special broadcast, which will be simulcast on his channel and my channel. So I'll keep you guys updated on that. I'll be a great conversation with uh, a guy who's a genius and another guy who people call a genius. I'm not a genius in any means, shape, or form. Just like to read. But it's going to be a great conversation between me and Dr. Shiva. should be pretty fun. Um, awesome, cool. And then tonight, as a reminder, socialredpill.com, socialredpill.com. Go out there, get your subscriptions, get signed up uh, if, if you can do that. And if you want to join in tonight and you don't have a subscription, but you want to test it out, ask me. I will hook you up with the link. Um, I will only do that like a few different times before I stop sending the link to people who ask for it all the time. But if you want to join in for the first time and you're like new to the social red pill, you're just joining or something, um, or you want to like kind of see the benefit of it, hit me up, hit Vince up, hit somebody up, or just post it on the, the platform. I'll usually post like, hey, we're going to jump in there. You can comment on that. Um, and I'll get you the link so you can join in and, and kind of understand what we do on Zooms and see how that operates. Uh, but much love, respect. God bless you guys. I hope you guys all have a great day. Uh, do we have any more come in? Nope, we're all good on that side. And uh, you guys have a great day, and we'll see you guys tomorrow night. Either we will get the full cooperation of other governments to stop this menace, or we will expose every bribe, every kickback, every payoff, and every bit of corruption that is allowing the cartels to preserve their brutal reign. And it is indeed brutal. And uh, they call me Eye Patch McCain. <laughs> I, I think it's, I, I haven't, look. 
frankly, uh, if you look at the media, where the media is a closed media, we don't have an open free media anymore. They don't want to hear anything. They don't write about it. It's a, it's collusive. It's uh, nobody's ever seen anything like it. It all happened during this period of time. It happened just before the election. They wouldn't talk about certain subjects that you know better than anybody, Michael. And uh, you know that's the beginning of communism.